Welcome to Onco Farm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I am a professor of pharmacy practice here at the supporting sponsor of Onco Farm, ETSU's Bill Gatt College of Pharmacy. It is a uh, temperamental weather-wise day here, Monday, Thursday here, end of, uh, end, shoot, it's not even the middle of the month, uh, 14th of April, 2022. Uh, and today I want to talk about uh, ribocyclib tamoxifen, a cautionary tale. Uh, which is what is written on a Word document in front of me for like uh, a commentary I was going to write. Uh, but then I didn't have anything else to talk about this week on the podcast. So like hey, Instead of writing a commentary to get peer-reviewed and published, I just put it on the podcast. Um, and, uh, and there's some good stuff here, I think. So this goes back, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. I was, for some reason, reviewing the ribocyclic or Kiskali uh, package insert. I was going through the PI looking for something and I came across a warning precaution statement in the label. 5.4 increased QT prolongation with concomitant use of tamoxifen. I know it was not there when the drug came out and I was like well that's kind of curious you know I, how what what wait what um, so anyway in, in the PI it talks about in in the Mona Lisa 7 study which to be honest I didn't know tamoxifen was was an arm in Mona Lisa 7 uh, or had forgotten that, there was uh, an increase in um, QTC. Uh, I think they used the Frederica or Fredericia formula, QTCF, uh, that there was more QTC in, you know, prolongation of the QT interval corrected for heart rate. Oh, by the way, I learned this week that you can actually correct the QTC interval for a wide QRS complex or bundle branch block, uh, which is something you might have to do if your patient is on arsenic. Um, and uh, so anyway, uh, they saw an increase um, of more than 60 milliseconds. Uh, you know, ribocyclob has a risk of QT prolongation. So ribocyclob by itself prolongs the QT interval. Uh, a QTC prolongation uh, or increase of more than 60 milliseconds, which is a pretty big increase, occurred in 7% on tamoxifen by itself, in 0% people on AI, non-steroidal AIs, uh, so anastrozole, letrozole. Uh, and it was 7% um, with tamoxifen by itself, or with ribocyclib plus an AI, but it was 16% with ribocyclib plus tamoxifen. So it was more than double serious QT prolongation, more than 60 second increase, millisecond increase with a combination of ribocyclib and tamoxifen. And this is not a combination that I would expect to cause more QT prolongation together. You tell me ribocyclib causes QT prolongation. Yes, it does. Does tamoxifen? If you had asked me uh, weeks ago, I would have said no. And I would have said no from the standpoint of like kind of an expert on tamoxifen. I'm not like, like an expert's expert. But I think like if you're listening to this podcast, you and I, we're like in the top 1% of people with knowledge about tamoxifen in the world. Not in the oncology community maybe, but in the world. Like I'm not in the top 1% of the top 1%. But yeah, I think I know a bit about tamoxifen. I did a whole podcast about it, right? So, And I had never come across this thing about the QT interval being prolonged with tamoxifen. And you can go to, there is a, a labeled version of, or a brand name version of tamoxifen called Soltamox, which is like a, a liquid formulation. And in the overdosage section of that PI, they talk about there was QT prolongation received at 250 milligrams per meter squared of tamoxifen, which is like 500 milligrams, not 20 milligrams. So it's not something you traditionally think of with tamoxifen. It is on the credible meds list of drugs that, that has a possible uh, QT prolongation or torsades. So 
Again, it's not something that should prolong the QT interval. So how does it do this? Well, it's not a drug that should inhibit the metabolism of ribocyclob. It's not because there's more ribocyclob necessarily. In fact, it's the other way around. There appears to be uh, more tamoxifen. So again, from the ribocyclob PI, that ribocyclob caused about a two-fold increase in the peak concentration and the total drug exposure, or AUC, of tamoxifen in patients receiving tamoxifen plus ribocyclob versus just uh, tamoxifen by itself. And, you know, ribocyclob does have some 3 or 4 inhibitions. Not tam but tamoxifen, don't think of a drug that we dose adjust for 3 or 4 inhibitors, right? You put some on a fluconazole for, for, for thrush or vaginal, full of vaginal candidiasis, you're not dose reducing tamoxifen usually. So it's still, you know, should not make sense to me that you see such extreme QT prolongation with tamoxifen plus ribocyclob. Um, now, you might be saying, John, who cares? We're not using ribocyclob with tamoxifen. It's only labeled for use with fulvestrant aromatase inhibitors, and that is true. However, I'm bringing this kind of story up for two reasons. Uh, one, even if you're doing this for a while, you, you should be learning new things every day about the drugs we use a lot, okay? Like tamoxifen, cyclophosphamide, doxorubicin, you know, you're probably going to learn something here and then. So even if you are a, you know, a, a self-purported expert, like I kind of say, um, uh, like I do say, uh, you know, you should, if somebody says something like, can this drug cause this? Don't just dismiss it because you've never heard it. There's always that kind of stuff out there. I remember one time a nurse practitioner saying, hey, can tamoxifen cause, um, oh, what was it? I forget what it was. Cause some sort of toxin. I've never heard of that. It turns out it did. It wasn't cataracts, but it was something like cataracts. And it turns out, yeah, there was uh, some implication of tamoxifen causing some rare, rare toxicity, but it was kind of like this with the QT interval. It was only at crazy high doses that we no longer use. So, you know, just because you've been around for a while doesn't mean you know everything about the drugs. And always be open to learning new things. And usually if somebody says something about it or a patient complains about it, you got to do a, a lit review to make sure you're not missing something. The second reason is you could very easily imagine a scenario, and I wouldn't be shocked if this has happened, where a couple of years ago, before we knew this about this, this QT interval prolongation with tamoxifen, this drug-drug interaction with tamoxifen and ribocyclob, that you had some patient with, uh, you know, hormone-positive breast cancer who was premenopausal, uh, and they didn't want to do single-agent AI, but they wanted to use ribocyclob or a CDK, a CDK4-6 inhibitor, and we're going to use ribocyclob. and say, wait, why don't we just use this with tamoxifen? Okay. I know it hasn't been studied, but it's probably not, you know, it's not like I'm going to be, you know, I wouldn't expect tamoxifen and ribocyclin to cause more myelosuppression or something like that. And you could see somebody doing that. Or you could see a postmenopausal woman uh, with really severe osteoporosis where they don't want to use an aromatase inhibitor and they're going to use tamoxifen because it's uh, estrogenic in the bone as opposed to, uh, to, you know, AIs prevent all the other estrogen from being produced in the peripheral tissue. You could see that, somebody doing that. And, and saying, we're going to combine this oncology drug with that oncology drug because from a cancer biology standpoint, it makes sense that a CDK4-6 inhibitor should work uh, with any anti-androgen therapy. You know, it probably doesn't, doesn't matter, right? And the two drugs are relatively safe by themselves. I don't foresee any extreme toxicity adding them together. And here's an example where that is not the case. And it's a bit of a surprising example. And I say that because you will, you will come across people with ideas of let's combine half of this chemo regimen with half of that chemo regimen, you know. 
Um, I, I came across a crazy one recently of a cisplatin and methotrexate for cervical cancer. And I did the same thing that I just told you to do, which is, I've never heard of that. Is that real? Am I missing something? I've never heard of that for cervical cancer, along with radiation. Never heard of that. Looked it up multiple times. Asked some experts. No, it's not a thing. It, it's, you know... And there, there's danger in that, right? There's danger in that, as we all know in oncology. So this is why um, I talk a lot when we talk about a new drug, and I, I, I always highlight there have been no formal drug-drug interaction studies. There is not, to my opinion, a, a, a pharmacokinetic explanation why ribocyclib is going to increase tamoxifen twofold. Okay, you're taking 40 of tamoxifen. I don't think, I'm not worried about QT prolongation necessarily, okay? But yet we do see like 16%, like one in six people, roughly, if my math is right, having a QT prolongation of more than 60 milliseconds. That's pretty big. If you're, you know, 400 at baseline, you know, you go to 460, you're at the threshold of, of stopping, uh, you know, ribocyclib, which is a, you know, a class of drugs that are effective. Luckily, you could change to palbocyclib or something that doesn't prolong QT interval. And maybe that's the quick answer and you can stop listening but more of a, of a concept uh, to be cautious about combining drugs that haven't been studied together. So there was, we learned this from the TEAL study, which was a phase one, well, the Mona Lisa 7 had this QT interval prolongation stuff. Then there was the TEAL study, which was a phase one study. Uh, you know, where, these are dose escalation studies trying to find the right dose of, of ribocyclib plus tamoxifen. And they actually stopped the study. They didn't finish recruiting patients on a phase one study uh, because of, of this QT prolongation being a dose-limiting toxicity. Um, that's, that's why we do these types of studies before you haul off and practice and make up a regimen of your own. So that is Soapbox Moment uh, for the week for me. Um, I hope you enjoyed that little... That's uh, a commentary, right? And, and you guys now are those who will peer review it. Uh, or if you want to just take it and, and write it and publish it yourself, you know, feel free. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at FarmDDib. You can follow both the podcast and Twitter uh, on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, at OncoFarmPod. And until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter. Mm-hmm.